Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Michael Georgie lives in Bristol, England. He decided to give an interview because he suffers from cystic fibrosis, which especially affects the lungs, meaning he is at high risk to receive COVID-19 and to suffer its greatest consequences. In this interview, he provides the perspective of somebody who is so vulnerable to the disease and the deep, deep effects it has on one's life, relationships, and confidence. My name is Michael Georgie. I am a large format printer. So I work within color theory. Someone gives us a tiny little JPEG and we blow it up and put it on the side of an airplane. I've been back home in England for um, several years now. My CF team reached out to me in February and they gave us this like kind of, we don't want to freak you out, but something is brewing and you need to get, a, we need to get a jump on it and we're here for you. And they set up, they set up a plan where they would send us antibiotics ahead of time. And then if, and then we would call them as opposed to visit the hospital. And then they would tell us, all right, well, you already have a backstock of Cipro, Ciprofloxacin or whatever they call it, you know, and just like take three of those a day for two weeks or whatever, right? Um, so there was a lot of preventative measures. And that was the first I heard about it. Um, but being a relatively healthy CF patient, um, I didn't take it very seriously. I don't take lots of things seriously. If it wasn't for Devin, my fiance, she, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't take, I would take even less seriously. So that was when I very first heard about it. Yeah, it was my CF team alerting me to it, about this, the, 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 the gravity of what could possibly be happening. By the end of February, it was in the news. Early March, we planned a, a trip to uh, Chamonix, France. We are not high earners. Like, this was a big deal for us, you know. We were very excited about this. And, like, a couple of days before, she was like, I, I think, she's like, have you read about this? And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, like, of course I've read about it. You know what the doctor, what the clinic is saying. And she's like, no, like, it's like, they're projecting numbers that are, like, you know, Resident Evil, like, from the video games, you know. And, and I was like, oh, it's a bunch of bollocks. Like, you know, don't, don't take it too seriously. Because for me, it was hard because I, I live my entire life 
sick, you know? So for me, like if I hear people bitching about a dry cough, it, the dark, the, the morbid, angry, jealous, if I can be honest, side of me says, fuck them, you know, like, 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 get on with it. I still go to work. Um, so I still had this kind of callous mentality. And she's like, I'm going to wear a mask at the airport. And I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm not going to. Like, like, I, I honestly, I, I re regret it now saying don't. Not because she's sick, but because I didn't take it seriously at the time. I was, I was like, don't wear a mask, you know. Weird, you know, and and she was like, I think I'm gonna wear a mask, and we kind of got into it over it, you know. She's like, Why won't you respect my opinion to wear a mask? And I was like, Because I don't think anyone else is gonna be wearing a mask, and you're gonna feel a bit like you know weird about it, and then you'll take it off and be all like angry that I was right. Then March 5th rocked around, uh, or no, mid March is when we went to Chamonix, um, and then. I saw when we got, because you land in Geneva, and in Geneva they had signs everywhere that were saying, don't wear a mask, it freaks people out, you need to, you need to wash your hands lots, let's be proactive, but let's not create a state of panic. And, and it was like signs as soon as you got off the plane in Geneva. And, and, we, and I, I, I remember pointing to it and being like, Dev, I, I, I told you, they would have told you to take it off when you got here. And then as we were in Chamonix, France, we heard that two hours away at a different ski resort, it was the first recorded case of Corona in France. So that's when it started to get really serious. And then we were like, all right, well, we need to, you know, like once we get out of here, we need to reevaluate. And I said to Devin, I was like, listen, the, the sandwiches and the chocolate and the cheese here are lovely, but this was a bit, mm, um, like maybe we should rethink. And then, so, and then it, and then when we got back, it was the next month that my work shut down. It, within three months, like the toppling of Colossus, it like every, like I've never seen, in Europe especially, you know, I've never seen countries come together and this was just after brexit like england was the black sheep and and everyone was like fuck brexit fuck that shit you know like like you, you like we need to fix this shit and then boris johnson got sick and then when boris johnson got sick it, it wasn't until then that it was like you know the floodgates opened how do i feel about it now i'm glad i took it seriously earlier because I grew up a weaker man, and not, not I don't mean that in this like self-deprecating way. Like I literally have always been slightly underweight, you know, because of CF, I've always had 30% less lung capacity thanks to CF. I was never a star athlete. I'm a very basic person because I'm 32 years old and have CF and that's an unlikely age when I was growing up. So I'm very happy to have this quite basal, mild lifestyle, you know, because it's, that was what I was looking for. The number one at the very top was work. I've always identified myself at work. The fact that I could go to work every day, show up on time, 
not be a, a, a slack. I was always the guy who was there no matter what, because I had a point to I had a point to prove that I am not the lowest common denominator because of my disease. I am not, you know, that was always something that I took great pride in. Second was my fiance and my love life. Even on like Tinder, which is where I met my fiance, I, I used to I used to do pretty good on Tinder. You know, I would go on a date a week. I did but prior to meeting Devin, obviously. Um, but but you know, you know, like those were some of the things that I associated as success for me, you know, like it was you know, I'm an attractive person, I'm a nice guy, I work hard, my coworkers like me. Um, and then cooking and being a homemaker was the other one. So Devin had to go back to the States and she's in Florida now. And her and I have been apart for a while. She went back because we had to sort out visa stuff. We're just engaged. I mean, I wear the ring, she wears the ring. We don't need the church to validate that. She went back for the simple process of taking off paperwork and got stuck there. So, so that was the, that second bit. So now I'm like, I'm lonely, I guess, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm lonely. And the third bit is the things that make me happy. Live music doesn't exist. Like going out to the pub doesn't exist. Going and like the festivals around, cause I'm in Bristol. It's a hugely colorful city and all of that shit got shut down. And then the vendor, the Venn diagram meets right here, and that's Michael's little social area, you know? And all of it's been fucked, man. It's all been royally fucked. And I can't get out of it. I got shut down weeks, if not a month, prior to anyone else. And I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I really appreciate that the government and the and that my work took those measures. But that also means I've been in complete isolation for for as long as four weeks longer than other people. And and I think that people now realize how long four weeks really is. And so in the middle of all of those Venn Venn circles, you know, is is me. Earlier today, my company that I work for, my company, excuse me, the company that I work for, we are going to slowly try and reintegrate people back into the workforce, and it's going to take a while. If you classify as a highly vulnerable or just vulnerable person, we'll address it later. And then Bristol City Council emailed me as well, saying that, June 30th is when vulnerable people could potentially be reintegrated, but I'm not vulnerable, I'm highly vulnerable. So, uh, so I'm looking at potentially September. But that's when the furlough scheme gets downgraded. So there is incentive for me to get back to work, you know, like, like and when the and well the incentive is, is that I want to work right I mean I know loads of people are enjoying it but the fucking shine is worn off of that apple so if I want to make money and and provide for a, a very new that hasn't even started yet a uh, family then I need to go back to work.
after the pandemic really kicked off, I moved out of the house that I was living in because I was in a house share situation and my housemate had two kids. And I was like, this is a Petri dish. I wound up, you know, me and Devin put money into the pot, so to speak, and and got a place. So, so, so now I live alone. On top of that, when you move, when you don't have friends to come over and show up and be like, hey, I, you know, I got you uh, dish rags. Congratulations on the new home, you know? Like, then you don't fucking have dish rags, right? So, like, this move was crazy, and I didn't have a microwave. So that was the first one. Random acts of kindness. Our random acts of kindness. Uh, someone posted on there, they were like, hey, I'm, I know it's a crazy pandemic. If you have a serious, like, living situation that would benefit your life, post it. Post your Amazon wish list. And someone bought me a microwave. I, I sent the, the user who gave, I sent her like a, I think it was like eight minute long thank you video where I was like just doing what I'm doing now, just like verbal vomit. But then uh, the mattress was the biggest one. I was bored one morning, laying about, feeling sorry for myself sort of thing. And uh, I'd made that AMA. And someone in that subreddit or someone in, someone in that comment section was like, hey, what's one thing that can make your life better? I was like, well, you know, mattress, you know, because I sleep on a fucking prison mattress for now. And it's okay until Devin gets here. But once Devin gets here, I, you know, like I'll sleep on whatever. I don't care. But when Devin gets here and some dude from Berlin messaged me and he was like, hey, I work for a distributor for Casper mattresses. But tech facilitated that. Tech saw, and when I told him, how do I pay you back? He was like, well, you don't, you know, you pay someone else, you know, like you pay someone forward. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.